Hello, everyone. Since this is either a highlight, a standalone book, or the first episode in a series, I'm jumping in to remind you what the rules are for this podcast. First rule is no real people stories. That means that any details from our own lives are merely anecdotal. We do not read books about real people, and we are not reading historical fiction. The second rule is that we are basing our analyses off of how the author treats characters and what they put them through. We are not judging the accuracy of the trauma, the accuracy of any actual conditions that may be portrayed, nor the authenticity of a character's reaction to that trauma or that particular condition. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come solely from personal experience. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all audiences. Please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers. week on Books That Burn, we are talking about Under the Pendulum Sun, a book about a woman who goes into another world and gets lost. Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Robin. And today on Books That Burn, we have a guest. Would you please introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Luis. They their pronouns from the podcast Courting in Color. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, First, I'm going to get into our factions. We have Kathy Leon, Ariel Davenport, Mr. Benjamin, Elizabeth Roche, Queen Mab, Kazday, Penamu, and the Fae, generally speaking. So our first topic is Ariel Davenport and disassociation. Uh, this book has a lot of characters questioning if they're real, if they actually exist, and what their cosmic relevance is, if they're able to exist at all, if anything can exist. So if you have, if disassociation is a trigger for you, just don't read this book. It's, it permeates the whole thing. There's so much of it. Um, that's so disclaimer I would say there. Uh, so this like, character in particular, uh, we are told right at the very beginning, almost, is a changeling. And then proceeds to characterize this character with some incredibly uh, blatant autistic stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Uh, autism is a, is a spectrum yeah. and not everyone presents the same way and not everyone presents to the same degree. But I should specify that this is not just we have an... This is not we have an autistic character that is being called a changeling. This is, we have a changeling character that our point of view character looks at and starts describing with various stereotypical assumptions, adding to that the, oh no, they have too many teeth. (laughs) Like it's this really, it's this really weird, like here's some, here's some autistic things. And, Oh no, clearly they're otherworldly and gonna eat me, probably. I, I do want to briefly say we're not, like, this description is not of anywhere. The author possibly was not even thinking about autistic people well, at all. Well, 
Um, there, I don't know. Well, I'm just going to let me let me say, let me <laughs> okay. get the thing out. That's why I said possibly, because okay. we don't know what research they did. Right. Um, that there is a real world historical link between uh, there is a, a a theory that a lot of real world past historical descriptions of, oh, that person was definitely a changing was actually just descriptions of autistic people. And it was allistic people attempting to describe the way they felt unsettled by someone being different and autistic and so this comparison isn't out of nowhere and any book that plays changelings straight is likely to run into this and this to my to me is is just one of those the but it's one, probably going to be more stressful to read as an autistic person the one thing that makes me push back against that is that this character miss davenport straight up says hi i am being blunt and i'm telling you things and then i'm gonna tell you that you can't ask about them because that's not allowed and here i am a changeling and so i never felt in do you care about your human family i mean i think i'm supposed to but i don't and that's okay because i'm not real i that's the that's the framing and the language used like she I, literally I, comes up and says, hi, I don't do emotion. You're human, right? And it's really not that it's... Uh, the, the, the thing that I'm trying to convey is that the way changelings are described is such a laundry list of what it can look like from the outside to be autistic yes. that I don't know but the way I'm this, not ready. The way this character interacts with our main character is not changeling lore the way this character interacts with the main character is hi i'm blunt and i don't do subtle and i'm going to tell you this and then tell you you can't ask Mm. it's very it's like (laughs) it is the thing (laughs) that makes allistic people it's a thing that makes allistic people uncomfortable and it's not something that i have seen in changeling lore like okay it's 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 this very specific way of talking that doesn't feel like an autistic person wrote it, but it does feel like it is supposed to sound like that. So that's uh, my that's my pushback. Okay, but in terms of reader experience, you might have an experience like me where you're like, ah, dang it, played Changeling straight again. And it just looks like an autistic person. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if this is good or not. Uh and then Nicole's experience of, oh, no, this is absolutely on purpose. Why did they do this? My experience uh, was, this wow, this sounds did. like somebody is parodying me and they didn't listen to me. <laughs> like, yeah. quite literally. The one thing that I will add is, as someone who isn't familiar with, like, changing changeling lore prior to, like, reading this book, um, I w- wasn't even aware of how they were portrayed outside of, like, this very specific text. But in hearing both of you talk, I'm like, oh... <laughs> yeah, like the main characters were definitely very dismissive. They kind of were um they meaning like the main characters were all, were super like dismissive of um Ariel Davenport and then obviously, you know, I mean I know this is a uh this is not a spoiler-free podcast. Um yeah. but you know this just is even the fact that she is the one who is part of the hunt and gets hunted is also very um is also very telling. So if anything, like this character is for me as a reader, like this character was neglected, right? Like they weren't yeah. really given they they have very few positive attributes, but yeah, like oh with what y'all are just talking about, definitely just re- reshapes how I view the character for sure. 
yeah, like, uh, that's a good point that we should mention that this character in terms of trauma literally gets hunted as a series of shape changing animals and then is killed because there had to be a hunt and she was the one who was expendable. And, um, oh, and she asks to to be killed. There yeah, is that she, too. Not the in the hunt. the hunt. Yeah, not she mm-hmm. doesn't ask to be hunted, but she basically says like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that was the other thing is because this character is trying to convince our main character that they are also a changeling, and the way she convinces the main character to kill her is by telling her, "Hey, you are a changeling, and so you don't have a soul, and so if you kill me, nothing bad will happen to you." Because you can't sin. Because you're not human. Punished. Yeah. You're not human and you won't have emotional repercussions because you don't have emotions because you're a changeling. Yep. <laughs> like, it's, that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it also, like, tells a lot about how Ariel feels about herself because as much as she said she doesn't feel things, she obviously cares about a whole lot of stuff for someone who nominally doesn't have emotions mm-hmm. i mean yeah and, and again for me like i definitely was really dismissive of her as a character as a reader i was really dismissive of uh miss davenport miss mrs I, anyway ariel davenport miss yeah miss davenport i was really dismissive of miss davenport at the beginning but then by the end i'm like oh there's something definitely more afoot here and i for sure was shocked like when she was part of the hunt because i was preparing for another character to be <laughs> yeah. a part of that so um yeah and, and i think it's really interesting because part of the dissociation is also like um memories right and changelings relationship to memories i think that's also part of it that's such an interesting facet of the disassociation overall i was like i probably should have done more research on (laughs) uh fey world and changelings and i'm but yeah so yeah like because so for anyone who isn't generally familiar with changeling lore the most common thing that um is and not everything that uses the word changeling in their story does exactly this list of things. Like I'm reading mm. a series that uses that word, but has a totally different thing with it. Yeah. But if they play the trip straight, generally it's that a, a fairy is put in the place of a human child and the human child is taken away to fairy. And often the human child like is stuck in fairy and like doesn't grow up and is yeah. played with, in um in the she uh for however long they live which is forever because Mm -hmm. nothing probably nothing bad's gonna happen to them but they also don't grow up and that's fascinating because remember how i was telling y'all before we started recording that i'm watching the magicians on netflix and on the magicians now that i think about it there is a change there is a changeling but they don't talk like that character is not labeled as such um which is why i kept getting really confused as i was reading this book and then watching this <laughs> other piece of medium so yeah thank you that's a that's like a really good primer for me yeah 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 so swapped out for human kid yep mm-hmm to religious trauma we don't have a specific character listed because it's 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 so much it's all of them it's the book yeah um so the the premise is that the main character followed her missionary brother to the feylands basically Mm -hmm. um and uh, did uh, you have any particular thoughts 
with their religious trauma, Luis? Yeah, let's actually specifically start with you because we had kind of talked a he- a- at the ahead of time about how like um you were not we as have familiar a little bit- with the with the re- with the the biblical text. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for me, like, I definitely. I saw obviously the religion and spirituality stuff like throughout the book, but when it came to like religious trauma, uh, for me, I saw it really more towards like the end with like the, I guess like the plot reveal of mm-hmm. uh, how she ended up in in the Feylands. Uh, uh, sorry, and by um she, I mean ooh, Kathy. Um, Kathy, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I guess I don't have too too many thoughts on the religious trauma. So I I'd, I'd love to hear more from from you all because um, I, I I'm failing to see maybe where it it some of some of it is. Well, we can start with the thing you're mentioning with like that there is this reveal at the end about the nature of how she actually came to be there, mm-hmm. and so the, the thing that I would note is that nothing fundamentally has changed. Like no matter what, she still came there and then did whatever she did after there. She has done like, you can't change right. anything, but all of a sudden there's this kind of like, um, are you familiar with the term fridge horror? No. So fridge horror is the idea that like you watch a thing and you know, it's fine or whatever you watch a show, read a book, whatever. And then when you get up for a snack in the middle of the night and you open a fridge, all of a sudden you have a thought and you're like, oh no, oh no, that's awful. How did I, oh no. And you're just like, you put together something and the implications of it are horrendous, even though it's not literally spelled out in the text. But the more you think about what it means, the worse and worse it feels. Mm. That's fridge horror. Fridge realization is like a general term for like anything that you figure out in that kind of a way. Right. Like you're, oh, that's how this thing was foreshadowed earlier in whatever. Oh, cool. Um, But with fridge horror, fridge horror is happening to Kathy in the book because- because as the, we all know, Kathy the circumstances. Does get a snack. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, the just... circumstance. Well, that's got some fridge horror. I know. Uh, the circumstances <laughs> that, that brought her there are different from the ones she thought were in play, even though the text that she read that encouraged her to come isn't different. Finding out who actually sent it, what actually was going on, recontextualizes all of this stuff mm-hmm. and that is stressful even though it it already happened like it didn't like yeah it's not like, like it's some not, new bad it's thing is happening <laughs> mm-hmm. and so a lot of religious trauma is built around or i should say a lot of uh protestant christianity's particular religious brand of religious trauma yeah um fundamentalist and, that is a, and protestant y- yeah, in this book, they are explicitly Protestant uh, Christians um, uh, in a alternate reality version of the late 1800s. Um, uh, a particular thing with Protestant Christianity is um, m- leans a little bit more towards shame culture than mm-hmm. guilt culture. Um, so shame culture is like, you did it and you can't change anything about it, but it's it's bad. That thing you did, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have. Right. And so with, um, like, the thing with the salt, she already had all that salt and the particular 
way that she had it, there's a something with the salt, but the way that she had it <laughs> isn't different. She can't go back. She can't change it, but she retroactively has all this stress around this thing with the salt and like, did she need it? Did she not? In what way did she need it? And like, there's all these little clues that they put in to like, um, to basically to make them like stress and think that things are different than they were and to recontextualize that past. Uh, and then Mr. Benjamin is, I'd say has, has religious trauma He's like, or he is, he's trying to understand what all of this means Mm -hmm. and then keeps being stressed out that they don't have any answers to offer him because he points out all of these very real inconsistencies in the Bible. Like, not the reason that I am personally an atheist, but generally one of the things that contributed was the exactly the kind of stuff that Benjamin is, is bringing it up, bringing up. Yeah. Nicole, did you have any thoughts uh yeah speaking of benjamin so he quite literally comes up and says i think my destiny is to be a martyr and so tomorrow i must die I'm like uh yeah. <laughs> well that's not um that's that's not inconsistent with the framing that he has been given mm-hmm. but it was i will say this uh it was the opposite kind of religious trauma that i thought was going to happen because i definitely thought it was going to go more the uh crusaders route mm-hmm. and it didn't mm-hmm. instead it went the suicidal route which like okay um right like the self-sacrificing route yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and i i did not know like i thought there was going to be like the opposite justification with the hunt itself mm-hmm. and then it wasn't which was it mm-hmm. was I don't want to say better. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the thing that really struck me. Plus the, the our third topic, which we will get into a little bit yeah. more religious yeah. context with that. But like that that justification of like 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 this doesn't make sense. Well, especially with him, you know, like you're saying, like asking about things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coming in with, well, the ultimate goal is to die for the cause. Right. Yeah. And so goodbye. And, I, and like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. And I was going to say part of the religious. Is, so I think for me, like, I'm thinking more of religious impact, right? So what is the oh, impact yeah. of religion? And I think a byproduct is obviously trauma. But I think the religious impact for me is also the sense of individualism, right? The martyrdom, for sure, I think is like all wrapped up into it. And even as you think about some of the other characters, you know, Kathy, Leon, they're all pursuing individual um, interests that is informed by their like religious and spiritual upbringing. Um, Because for me, like my journey with religion now currently where I'm at is it's not individualistic, it's communal, it's, Mm. it's, it, it looks something a little bit different. So I think for me, like the other layer I add, again, would add with religious trauma is like the impact of religion is so focused on the individual but it's masked sometimes for the benefit of all. But really, like, I mean, martyrdom is singular, right? Yeah. It is often thought about as singular. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, like, with so you made up a really you made a really good point with um like the individual nature of it because even something like well, no matter what, Ariel has to die. But if Kathy does it then it's fine and the net num- the net amount of sin is lower. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no matter what, she's still dead. 
And so it, I ultimately, I don't think it should matter which of the two of them did it. But the framing offered to Kathy in that moment to soothe her is, well, if you do it, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with this individual thing. Um, I also had uh, the thought that um, I actually was pretty sure that it was not going to be Benjamin. Um, I was thinking maybe it was going to be the salamander, but I didn't, I specifically did not think it would be Benjamin um, who died because Benjamin wanted to die and Benjamin does not get what he wants. He doesn't get Mm -hmm. any of the answers he wants. He never... He never, Benjamin never gets anything that Benjamin wants, and he's never quite satisfied. And if the book had made him a martyr, he would have gotten something he wanted and been satisfied. But the narrative consistently denies him that. So, uh, that's yeah, why and- I was pretty sure he was going to make it through the book. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, just, just with Benjamin as a person, or as a character, uh, there's there's a lot of just like he is okay with things not making sense and not lining up and not getting what he wants but it's fine because that's what my pastor says right like there's there's a little bit of that just like everything is fine pretend it's not falling apart because my my leader says so Mm -hmm. and that I think that also qualifies. Yeah, and he's so desperate for that guidance that he is, he's like, well, you're the sister of the reverend, therefore. Right, Mm -hmm. like six degrees of separation, you tell me it's fine. Yeah, Which I think think that's even an interesting way of Benjamin's interaction, right? If he's so dogmatic, he's actually, or sorry, you would think he's so dogmatic, but he, like y'all are saying, is looking for any kind of connection. So I think like Benjamin... Again, like just reflecting on it, like mm-hmm. Benjamin might be the most like whole character in it in his complexity, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he's subscribed to this worldview, this dogma, but he also is questioning it, like we've said before, and he's not fully in it because he's going outside of you know the. I always get my my preacher pastor titles mm-hmm. confused yeah, but yeah. you know he's going he's going to someone else um he's going to the six degrees of separation as was said before yeah he has the zeal of the new convert without all the years of unspoken things where you just know we don't worry about that he he doesn't have those like internal guards of oh yeah yeah we all know that those two different descriptions mm-hmm. of creation are inconsistent but we don't talk about that he doesn't have it so he asks, and then they don't have any answers for him because yeah. they've been not talking about it. On to the last topic, which is incest. And we didn't list the character names because that would be a spoiler if you're just reading the notes. <laughs> um, but... uh surprise it's it's the two main characters it's kathy and leon surprise okay, it's the so, siblings <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so <laughs> uh. okay so one of the things that this does with the framing of it is they think they're siblings and so they have a lot of um longing and mutual mm-hmm. pining and then they don't do anything and it turns out leon actually went to the Feylands to get 
away from the temptation of Kathy. Um, then they think they're sibling. They think they're not siblings because they think that Kathy is a changeling. And right. they're like, oh my goodness, we can guilt free do the things we have wanted to do. And then they find out, no, Kathy's not a changeling. You guys just definitely, definitely uh, did incest. Um, and not in the like adopt tech sort of weird adopted sibling squick we have the no actually no you're just you're blood siblings and this was <laughs> definitely incest um so that's the uh brief summary of the wild uh swings back and forth uh, with this almost like a pendulum anyway uh, uh, t- uh okay <laughs> what are your thoughts on this two of you uh can i I can i just point out (laughs) something that just occurred to me sure yeah so our last topic was about the biblical harm and context of this book a little bit right Mm -hmm. and robin had mentioned earlier that their biblical touchstone for uh the the first second instance of incest when they talked about it Oh, there's two Song of Solomon quotes. There's two Song Yeah, there's two Song of Solomon quotes. They could there is incest in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a lot of it. There's a lot yep. of it. And there's a lot of like, well, God says this is fine, incest in the Bible, in the Old Testament specifically. So like, how come they didn't reach for biblical justification that is actually a little bit? Well, because there? <laughs> Well, because it's because they have they have all of the layers of dogma and years I of know. interpretation. And I, I think one of the things it's point no to me, one <sighs> of the things this book is pointing out, and we're getting a little bit on the religious thing, but part of the one of the things that this book is pointing out subtly is the hypocrisy that results mm-hmm. in trying to take it all literally. And yeah. I think if they had tried to use well incest is in the Bible and so we're actually fine. It would have been consistent with the book they're claiming to follow, but inconsistent with the traditions coming out of that that they grew up in. And so I, it doesn't occur to them because they're so immersed in the guilt culture that it doesn't occur to them to say, well, frequently but not consistently, the Bible's cool with incest, therefore we're fine. They didn't do that because... I, I feel like they this have is all where this other pressure. I feel I'm not going to get into this because this isn't super our, our topic itself. Yeah, but yeah. like this is I think this is where that like what we had talked about before recording about like me having a different experience of this book than both of right. you kind of comes in because like I definitely like look at it as oh no I have seen real life people they don't point to like it it just it, it felt like the author was like pretending that these things weren't actually there because 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 reasons and then it just felt mm. like it sidestepped its own point but i but i realized that that's because i i have the biblical context for those things which is like one of the reasons i'm not a fan <laughs> of like there there i don't know there's just it it just it felt like it was like well we're not we're going to pretend we're not doing this even though the thing that we definitely are doing is definitely in there, I guess. But yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I, that occurred to me just now as we were talking about this, like they definitely just didn't put that thing in there and then they chose Mm -hmm. something else. I don't know. So, uh, 
Please, but I think that pick thoughts. and choose. Yeah. But I think that pick and choosiness is religion, right? And I oh, think totally, you, absolutely. Because you have people talk about their religious and spiritual identity as like pick and choose and what we subscribe to. And I think what's interesting is, and I know this is not the point of this podcast, not necessarily to like go into like the the literary symbolism and those types of things. But I think the the intros into each chapter, pulling from Song of Solomon and all these like other literary texts, like I think that's extra for us as the reader. Like we shouldn't assume that the characters, though they have act have access to that knowledge and are drawing from the knowledge. I think for my experience as the reader was it sets up the chapter. Um, yeah. And so I shouldn't like it, it informs my reading of the chapter, but it doesn't inform the world at that moment for the characters to the extent that it informs my reading of the chapter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, like I, right. I definitely, I definitely don't think that Kathy sat down to read some song of Solomon after the first time. <laughs> right. Uh, right. 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 They and was like, something. oh, let me do this. Oh, yeah. I, I totally read that as <laughs> Kathy went back to her Bible and was like, nope. quick, I need to have something to justify myself. No, I, I <laughs> never assumed. That, that, I never I'm not assuming that chapter... that's in the book, but that was definitely my headcanon was that she was like, yeah. oh, hold on. I need texture. I need context for this. Mm. <laughs> no, I usually emotionally think of those as like yeah. the author pointing out where they want your headspace to be at that moment. Right. And to me, which whether or why, not the characters which is talk literally about why that scene feels like justification to me because the author is like song of solomon this is fine mm-hmm. no no but, no but i think what i will what i will maybe add is so obviously both of them had the desire for one another right leon's was so great that he had to go to the Feylands, as we talked about so he knows what he's doing is wrong kathy we are aware that she had this attraction but it's not that she's until she's a changeling that she acts upon it right so Mm -hmm. i think this like thought it gets into the sin versus the sinner debate right of like religion oh no it happens before i think oh does it okay i missed no no no, they didn't no okay no him seeing her but they don't do anything they like don't. she right. didn't so decide the to be naked so there's in front the longing oh i okay, thought they but... did no 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 they did nothing at the party they didn't do anything until after she f- thought she found out that she was a changeling changeling right i tracked that very carefully All right. yeah right. no yes. so the, yeah. the thing, and there's and, queen and there's... mab was messing with them by making her look naked in front of him and she right. fled they did nothing all right does that help? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't help, but like, yeah, I think I thought the incest again. I knew nothing about this book, have no context of how fantasy stuff works outside of. I mean, really, my foray into fantasy is always like around like um, magic, magical, magical worlds, and so I was like, oh, this is this is different. I was not ready for this shift, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was a journey for me. And so I just I just as a reader was like, okay, well, this is part of the world. I'm stepping into it. Like, you know, for me, this is not like it did not evoke a, a visceral response, except like, wait, what? Why is this? Uh-huh. Yeah, like, what, what, what what purpose does this serve? Oh. To me, it it is so it, it's it's being used by the Fae, specifically Queen Map, to torment them. Um but it's not and, a, but it's a thing that they um, or that they definitely like is heavily implied that they both wanted prior to go so like queen mob is just exposing it she didn't make it up 
Yeah. Well, and that's what she says at the end, right? She's like, don't you feel so much better? Like I, my interpretation of it is she basically says like, well, don't you feel so much better? Like I gave you the opportunity to like succumb to your desires. Right. And yeah. I don't think her framing is sin. I think it's like, you should be thanking me that I gave you this um, space to be, you know, who you are, your true, your true innate human nature, which again, I was, I think I was talking before we started recording about how like this definitely brought me back to like high school English classes debating like what is human nature and what informs human nature and what is <sighs> very gender language, but the, the, the nature of man, right. Man's, uh, the the real nature of man is like that of beast and like what happens if he gives over to like all those things again very gender language and i acknowledge it but towards the end i felt like that was reiterated of well, like book, go ahead yeah yeah the book definitely talks about the way the sexism in their society treated the two of them as different and so i don't yeah. think gendered language is is necessarily out of place when discussing these particular characters um because it does they are also it, it does specifically call out the way they're treated differently because of that it mm -hmm. doesn't just let it lie like the only reason she needed his help to interpret the language stuff towards the end is because she literally wasn't allowed to do all the language learning that he got because he mm. was a guy i noticed that yeah yeah so i Really liked this book, uh, and if it turns out to be part of the beginning of a series rather than being a standalone, I'm definitely planning on reading the others. I can tell <laughs> Nicole is not. Yeah, um, I. Yeah, I like the concepts. I, think, I like the plot. Right. Mostly. I think I just. I think I would watch uh, an hour long. I think I would watch. Uh, I'd either watch an hour long uh, YouTube essay or listen to future episodes of this podcast that talk about it but i don't know <laughs> if i would read <laughs> books two and three or however many more come in the series yeah and i'm mentioning that here mostly because i think like how you're with what we a little bit what we talked about in chapter one with or in uh, section one with the way that changelings are discussed and then mm -hmm. also here um with the incest how much you're okay with the um the very subtle, like, I think things are called out and the book definitely has an angle, but it right. is subtle enough. And one of the things that it's addressing is hypocrisy that, like I believe Nicole said off the recording, that leaves the space to use the exact same thing to justify an opposite behavior. Mm. And I think if that's going to stress you out as it relates to the topic of incest, if this book, like this book has that, it's about that. And then if later books have that as well then maybe this isn't the series for you but if you're like oh what are they gonna do with that which is my reaction yeah. then i i loved this book i think if this author were to release something else that did not have incest and was in a fully created world instead of ostensibly an extension of our real world that just so happened to be very christian based with the main characters I would totally read a incest-free, 100% high fantasy book by this author. I love the way mm -hmm. they describe things. I love the, what they have made up in this world. I like their concepts Very and detailed. ideas. Yeah, exactly. I just, the really, honestly, the three things that we talked about in these episodes are like three things where the way it was done felt like it was reinforcing an idea instead of undermining it. And I just... I'm not cool no, with that. And I, I absolutely read it as 
like undermining and pointing out hypocrisy because the like the conclusion with the incest is like they I think very naive naively decide if this hell is hell let's go further down in it because mm-hmm. we already know we have done the incest we already yeah. know our worst thing we've ever done there's no more ways they can hurt us and I'm which like which is a very very oh, oh babies oh babies hell can hurt you so much more but, oh, right there's like multiple layers get, of it but you're gonna get messed such- up in future if there's a future anything like oh that's so bad but that um, is such like a a fundamentalist Christian way of mm-hmm. looking at it like well if you flip the Absolutely. switch heaven or hell and I messed up once I might as well just do whatever <laughs> it's like oh yeah. well, and they okay. talk about I think they talk about uh, repentance I can't remember how they frame it but it's kind of like um, they, they definitely mention it right like how how are your sins forgiven and like yeah. what do you have to do I think mm-hmm. the one thing that I'll kind of maybe add to the incest we were talking before about how like I, obviously it's in the bible I wonder if there's a way that you could also look at this as like a recreation. Like, could this world exist as a biblical world too, where, you know, Mab is kind of this like high entity. I don't want to necessarily say God, but right. But, and then could like um, the two main characters be representative of like, you know, Adam and Eve. And like, we, we I, actually, I think I know my biblical history enough where, mm-hmm there was incest that happened that allowed for the, you know, creation of, of humankind. So I think that's another way I can look at it. I was like, Oh, you can like retextualize this world to just be its Mm -hmm. own biblical world. If that makes sense. They do have two characters. Pretty much what's happening. They do have, they do have two characters that are pretty heavily contextualized as angels. Right. So like, and with all the stuff in the creation myth that they're still be translating, um, to me, it feels like not that these two humans are particularly Adam and Eve, but that it is completely within the literal text of the book to interpret them as stand-ins. Because, you know, um, echoing past patterns is extremely biblical, especially right. if you echo the past pattern in a way that makes it even worse for the second people to do the pattern. Um, <laughs> I I think that, yeah... Yeah, Luis, that is that absolutely is consistent with this book, and I would argue that in a way that is nearly canon. Um, be, with especially with the if Queen Mab is the entity that is speaking in the translated text, and if it's not Queen Mab, it's whoever's above Queen Mab. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anyone above Queen Mab, so no. I'm pretty sure it's her. We don't. We don't. I don't think we have enough context for that because the court has multiple members and we don't meet them. Mm-hmm. I, just putting that out there. We don't actually know what her status on the court is, so to speak. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I. I think she's, I just like naturally just assumed that she was the, the top face. tier. No, she's just the only right. one with the face. Mm. <laughs> that's what it is. Is that she's the one that's <laughs> human relatable because she has a human face. Yeah. All right. Should hit so we did go to 16 minutes. It's okay. Man, that movie was excellent. It really was. Totally blew my expectations away. I know, right? Now I really want to tell everyone about it. But I'm not sure how. Yeah. 
If only there was a podcast dedicated to reviewing films and discussing the latest news and trailers on upcoming films. That would be nice. Yes, for sure. And we can call it The Senegai Show. <laughs> what? No. It will be called Real Movie Critic Unleashed. Uh, no. How about Senegai featuring Real Movie Critic? Uh, how about the Real Movie Critic and his sidekick, the Senegai? CG and RMC. RMC and CG! The Real Movie Critic versus the Senegai. Only at CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're going down, Critic. Bring it on, guy. On to the wrap-up and ratings for our gratuity rating for Disassociation. I... Be- okay. I I have a thought. <laughs> okay. My thought is, because it talks so much about the ideation surrounding this, mm. and there's so much discussion of it, and given the nature of this thing in the first place... I feel like it is either moderate or severe. Hmm. Um, my personal feeling is that since I would say moderate is a fair depiction. Yeah, I think for me, I'm also somewhere between mild um, and moderate. I think it has prevalence mm-hmm. um, and it's talked about. And it, for me, it like falls on, it falls to frequency, right? Like how often mm-hmm. it is mentioned or referred. So mm-hmm. somewhere between mild and moderate. I feel like the kind of problem is... that we run into when our trauma that we're discussing is neglect. Like yeah. some mm-hmm. of these traumas that are very quiet um, are harder to pin down on the gratuity rating. Or right. ones that are just more acceptable in our current society. And so like it, it doesn't seem like it is this thing because it's not as bad as insert thing here. Um, mm-hmm. I okay. Well, all three of us overlapped on moderate. Yeah, so I <laughs> feel pretty good about that actually. This is one where I will just put a caveat for our audience. Uh, this might feel like it is more severe if you have a particular background or understanding of certain right. real world topics. And I would even encourage our listeners with no reservation, if you want to know more, but don't uh, want to listen. <laughs> oh, fair enough. It is in yeah. it is in Robin's review. It's in the written review that will be linked in the show notes. Awesome. If you'd like to get those details. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some stuff in there where the more context you have, the worse it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the de- depiction of it is is not as severe without context which is interesting to say yeah Uh, all right for the religious trauma what do you two think this is like the theme and it is forever oh yeah it's the whole thing it's the whole book um (laughs) but i i think this one it it i think i i think because of the main there are several points here that get incredibly graphic uh, as a concept and as a depiction. And I'm not going to go into spoiler territories, uh, but if you look at our, our content warnings for this section, uh, I'm going to go severe just for, um, it's not a, this is not a, 
there's one scene that has a kind of a visceral physical depiction and there's another scene that has a request that a character makes of another actually two scenes where you have a request that a character makes of another character that i think shoves it into severity and it's a blunt in your face this is the thing that is happening and there is nothing there's like it just it is the thing and your and the characters on screen grapple with it and there's nothing stopping you as a as a reader from it being the only thing happening and i think that pushes it into severity did we lose robin no you didn't i was just thinking yeah given (laughs) given what we are at least told that this place is whether or not they're lying whether or not it's true that what they are told the place is i think undergirds and contextualizes all of the rest of them being very very stressed out Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, since that, yeah, that flavors everything else. Um, I, I agree with severe. Yeah, me too. I, before I was talking about, um, you know, for me, this book was more about religious impact is how I framed it for myself as opposed to religious trauma. And I mean, and the impact of religion, um, is definitely very felt. And even if it's not frequent, the isolated incidents themselves are so heavy that for me that definitely makes it severe and obviously adding them all together it's very Mm -hmm. severe um but yeah so yeah severe i agree okay um all right incest (laughs) yeah so uh this is tough because no it's not it's severe actually (laughs) is it severe or is it torture porn are we meant to look at this and um no i don't i don't I don't think it's at that i don't think it's torture porn um i think the characters would love it if we said this is fine but <sighs> yeah um i mean for like an extremely nuanced discussion like extremely i would be tempted i don't know if i'd be right but i'd be tempted <laughs> to argue that the incest isn't the trauma the religious trauma about their thoughts about it are the trauma but i mean yeah uh, like i i think that because like they aren't but for but depiction for a reader yeah i just given the way that incest as a topic is often intertwined with abuse this version of it is not that's true um and so i just want to you know let people know that in it, this isn't a code word for that. No, this um, is incredibly consensual. Yeah, it's completely consensual. Um, so I would actually argue that most of the actual thing is either backstory or moderate. Well, we do have on-screen depictions. That's why it's... Sorry, off-screen or moderate. Because there's a lot of fade to black. There's a, like... Mm-hmm. Like... Most of what they're actually doing is like being near each other and liking each other a whole lot. Like that's most Mm-mm. of what we see. Like it's actually not that much. It's just all the talking about it and the religious framing of it um, and mm. discussion of the way they're upset when they do or don't think this is what actually happened. That's what leads to this emotional roller coaster, which is a bit of a ride. Um, but I don't yeah. think the actual incest was a very severe trauma. All right. Um, moderate okay. feels moderate slash off screen. I can't, I can't, we can't put it fully off screen, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
moderate but significant portions that could have kicked it up too severe are off screen. And I think it's That's important fair. to note that. Yeah. I think before, I can't remember that we were talking about this before we started recording or after, but I think also to me, the incest could be, you know, somewhere between off screen and moderate. But like if someone has experience, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. in, in whatever way with incest and their reaction could they could view it, you know, very severe or maybe even torture porn. Right. So for me, um, yeah, I would agree. I think it, it, fade to black. It, sometimes it happens. Sometimes, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's just icky. Like I know that's not a rating, but it's just <laughs> icky. Well, well <laughs> we can talk about that in the care portion yeah. too, because that yeah. kind of bleeds over into like a traumatic depiction can have more care and guard for its reader and we can i feel like that's part of that discussion even i've had a kind of weird month and a half where a shocking number of books i've read have involved incest and so uh of them i'm telling you this one is not severe (laughs) well no that's not how that works though (laughs) no 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 i I know okay (laughs) all right i know but just that's yeah. not what that means. Like, yeah. No, know that I, the book could have made it worse is what I think what you're trying oh, to say. Oh, that's not. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that to me this feels like a uh, part of what I'm trying to convey is that there's always going to be the possibility that someone has a very particular trigger for a thing and that's mm-hmm. the point of us having these content warnings because if someone knows that like that's a hard stop, no way, no go, they need to stay away from this book. That's why we list the CWs so that you have a heads up whether or not someone who doesn't have that as a particular trigger could be okay. And so I don't want to say it's severe because as a trauma, this one is culturally icky. Therefore, that it's in the book at all means it has to be severe. I don't believe that. I don't think that's a good way to no, frame No, that's not the, that's yeah, not the framing just, we're arguing for. Okay, yeah. It just got... It sounded a little bit like it could be that, and so I wanted to specifically say I don't think that. Works. No, I don't. Um, I don't think we're arguing for that at all. Okay, good. Um, so <laughs> with that, uh, is the trauma integral, interchangeable, or irrelevant? So integral mm-hmm. means that if you took it out, it's a totally different story. It could be a good story, but it's a totally different story. Interchangeable means it didn't have to be that, but it had to be something. And then irrelevant means you could take it out and not even notice. You might not even have to rearrange anything mm-hmm. um, for the disassociation. Um, it's interchangeable, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There, There's a lot of ways doubting can happen. Yeah. And, you know, with the religious angle, I think a thing that this book needs is doubt because, you know, well, if we're going to have a missionary go somewhere like this shape of the general story. It needed a well, doubting we thing. Could, it just didn't have to be this. Yeah, it didn't have to be this. I mean, I could very easily, we've read books where this is, mm. you know, it could totally have been a, um, uh, instead of this particular thing, for example, it could have just been a, like, are we still alive question. Right. Or it could have been a fabric of the soul question or a, like... Yeah. There's so many other angles that still like fit said, in the same themes that it absolutely could have been. And this anything one was not. that's shaped like doubt could go here. Or most things yeah. that are shaped like any, doubt. Anything could go here. that, honestly, if it had been something else, I bet our topic would have been gaslighting again. <laughs> but like, probably. <laughs> pretty much anything where you can do that and like warp someone's sense of reality would have fit in here pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Uh, yep. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, Luis, what do you think for the religious trauma? Integral, interchangeable, inti- or relevant? I think it's integral. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like what this book ultimately is trying to convey is a commentary around, um, you know, religious dogma. I'm trying really hard not to do the spoilers. Um, <laughs> dogma. Um, so it's integral. I mean, I think, yeah. So I, w- I would say the religious trauma is integral because I think, I don't, I don't know if there'd be a specific way to talk about the trauma that is in this uh, book um, without tying it to not. religion. Yeah. 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 I mean, because even the other two are, are, are linked to this one, are linked and contextualized <laughs> by right. this religious framing. Yeah. Makes um, sense to me. All right. And then for the incest. Um, okay. As much as I do think it did fit I the story. Think I it's think irrelevant. it's irrelevant. Yeah, it's irrelevant. It could have been. I think like, that might be part of my problem with it, actually, is like that mm. did not have to be there or happen or at all. Like, what was the point of this? You just wanted to tell this story, I think. Like, I think why? That as a I think that the reason it was chosen is, you know, back to the religious trauma. It is I mean, maybe significant. Maybe, but like, okay, I this think- is going to sound weird. At least then make it. I've never said this about any other irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Th- that's not true. I have actually way back in one of our very first episodes. But this one feels like a if you're going to pick this particular trauma, at least make it mean something. Mm hmm. And I think I've had this opinion twice before, actually. Uh, so yeah. it's not out of the blue. But <laughs> I'm not treating this book different, I promise. Uh, but that, yeah. that's, what, that's what this particular one felt like to me. Like, if you're going to go this angle, make it matter instead of it just feeling like the story you want to just tell. Like, which And well, wanting and to tell a certain think- story isn't bad. I should be clear. And that's, I think, for me, the... the um- the incest is interchangeable because I think the incest uh, really impacts the character's decision mm. in the final moments. That's a good point. Right? So you I think something. So I think it's interchangeable that if this is like a spoiler, please like feel free to let well, me know. Well, you say but they like, had to make a choice and their right, choice Right, they have to make a choice on right. this the sin they ch- The sin they choose to give into um this particular one or sorry any sin they they probably could have chosen would have still led them to do the action they wanted to do at the end i think for heightened purposes they picked this one um Mm. for shock maybe i don't know (laughs) but that wasn't uh, very i wasn't very shocking because they it was there well, the whole so, time. I really think <laughs> well, it's because yes, yes. it fits yeah. into all the know. religious stuff. Like I, I to me, it's like this makes sense to be the one. I recognize that the book could have worked with a different one. Like yeah. I don't know. It makes sense to me that this is the thing that they pick for the book, and I know it doesn't to you, Nicole. But it's not well, that it would- doesn't make sense. Is that I. You don't like it. There are so many other things that would have also made sense, and this one is such right. a decision to choose. Mm-hmm. I guess. And I I think for me, the shock comes in as someone who doesn't read fantasy, mm. um, right? That I'm like, oh, I oh. didn't. <laughs> the fantasy books that I read don't really involve 
incest. Exactly. Like sometimes there's yeah. there's like overt sexuality, right? And there may be other things. So that for me, that was shocking as someone who doesn't really read fantasy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it would have been. I was like, maybe I didn't need, maybe not even a content warning for my own self, but like it would have been like reading the back of the book. You cannot tell it that no, that, that is what's even gonna be part of the book. So I think that feels a little like. I don't know, but yeah. So yeah, I, for me, I just wanted to contextualize why I was shocked. Yeah, no, and, that that makes sense. I I guess when I'm thinking shocking, I wasn't thinking like as a concept in a story. Gotcha. I was thinking more like we didn't know it was coming, and then it appears. But because like this mm-hmm. this book foreshadows it forever, right? Like to the point where I had to actually check that they were related within two chapters, and I was like, yeah, what the? F- why is this the internal monologue you have? Like what? Wh- okay sure and then it got worse um and to be fair in the fantasy books i read this is not a common theme despite what game of thrones wants to make you think (laughs) wants to put on screen too um yeah no i guess interchangeable i just it it felt it feels like a very i do apologize Louise, because this is one of the rare books where neither of us had read it yet and so i wasn't in a position to give you that content warning and i am oh, sorry sure, yeah. about that no no it's totally okay yeah um and i think it, it it's a for me as a reader right and and you know and I, i'm not impacted by incest um in like anyway it's not triggering for me in that in yeah yeah in that way um so like as a reader, I always like as a person even i just like to push on my own self of like oh why is this soliciting a response mm-hmm. to me and really makes me question the author's choice in, in doing this it's and trying to understand right as opposed to be as opposed to like necessarily admonishing or mm-hmm. um what have you it makes me be like oh like why this <laughs> yeah i think the thing we're dancing around is it's a cultural taboo and so as right. much as i can say hey i really think that this is the appropriate one for the book well, we're all it's, feeling it's like more than that i i think that that's definitely a lot of it I mean, I'm not that, saying it's not. I'm not that. saying that is none of it, mm-hmm. but I will. I will say this: things being a cultural taboo does not really emotionally impact me. That mm-hmm. I don't. There are a lot of things that I don't do them because in our culture we're not okay with it. But that doesn't mean that I am even bothered if somebody else is doing that. That like I like that is not a thing that elicits an emotional reaction in me in general. Um, the the thing that is different about incest from other cultural taboos is the direct scientific problems <laughs> that come yeah. uh, specifically from offspring from this thing. Right. And it is not a, oh no, society says don't. Like, that's not what this is. Society says don't because you are guaran- almost guaranteeing that any potential offspring from that coupling will have problems. Um, Like, that is a thing. And not mm-hmm. problems in the, oh, no, they look different or have this deformity, but problems as in, like, maybe their lungs don't work. <laughs> maybe they, like, things yeah, yeah. that will kill you. Um, And historically, this particular trauma has been the cause for, like, just a lot of stuff <laughs> like yeah uh a lot of stuff culturally a lot of stuff genetically a lot of problems that come about a lot of eugenics have happened in the name of 
like keeping a family line or a royal line so-called pure and then allowing nothing to touch that. And it's more than just our society says no. It's no, this is a this is not a a thing that is just without repercussions if society was fine with it. No, and I, I think I, that's I, the thing that makes me just like, well, <laughs> yeah, and we and we talk about other traumas like, well, why did you put this character through that thing? And here mm-hmm. I feel like it's a it's a similar like, well, why did why did you do this one? And like we even talked in our discussion about a different book that handles incest in a way that does not come with all that baggage. I love that book. I think that series is awesome. Mm-hmm. But the incest in that series has no genetic complication components and also none of the other historical context for it because of who and what the characters are. It's a totally different thing, and that does not bother me in the slightest. Well, yeah, This I does. Just- no, I I under I understand that. I also think I really think that given the particular religious framing and also when the book is set and where the book is set, I think that it was I think that it's designed as a commentary and I do think it works, but I also recognize the like hesitation and perhaps revulsion that is probably meant to be invoked by it. So, Anyway, yeah. Um, as to whether things were treated with care, <laughs> um, <laughs> halfway through our list, uh, well, dis- we're more than halfway almost, through. We're almost there. Uh, disassociation. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No. No. That had no care. No care. No care. Felt like very little thought. No. Seemingly no understanding or even commentary on this thing that they were depicting. Just no. Yeah. There no. Ugh. Um the religious trauma. Um, I think there was a lot of care, like talking in circles amounts of care. <laughs> yeah. Like uh things are telegraphed a mile away. Like you have so much time to decide I don't want this, I'm done, or um I'm totally fine with this. Let's keep going. It's very slowly escalates. And even the escalation is mostly awful for the characters. And I don't think necessarily for a reader. Like there is an escalation. It's just, I just, you know, I didn't feel it on me. I was like, oh, they're really, they're really in trouble, aren't they? <laughs> uh, um, Luis, what did you think? I'm still not sure how I feel about this one. Yeah, f- sorry, for... Religious trauma. For religious trauma. Yeah. I can agree if I frame it in the fact that it was treated with care by rooting it in realism, right? Like, it was, it had very... I, It felt very real, like this type of religious trauma does and can happen in the real world. So there's truth to it. And I I guess in that way, I can say that it was treated with care. Well, if you're feeling um, like it needs a caveat, then maybe it's enough. Oh, then maybe not. Then maybe yeah. enough care. Because if you're like, if I frame it exactly this way, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, Luis, that doesn't sound fine. Especially when uh, if you frame it as being in the real world, well, then the real people walking around with that trauma, it's more relatable and not less. 
Yeah. yeah. I think it's weird to talk about trauma or sorry, like religious trauma. Yeah. Being like, oh yeah, this was done with care. Um, <laughs> because I think yeah. to what we were talking about before, it's like, well, what does the character gain from experiencing this trauma? And is like the lesson that they learn, like is the journey for that is, is the journey for that lesson that's informed by the religious trauma they experience is that care right um what i don't know one of the things that we talk about is that one 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 of the ways to do care is to make it very clear that something happened to the character without necessarily Mm. dragging the reader through all of the details yeah and that's part of why i feel like this was treated with care or enough care because Unless the Fae show up, we are unlikely to deal with the uh, precise and stressful blend of a uh, blend of uh, internal um, thought and machinations that the characters have to deal well, with. I and I feel like that. Hmm. And we talk about magical analogs in this podcast, and I think in this case that is one of the magical analogs is that we have this like separation, this filter. Um, I so would- I would. I would like to argue. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I've made up my mind. Okay. I would actually like to argue that the things that both of you two have said have pushed it to no care in my head. Okay. Because, yes, Robin, it is correct that you, as the person you are, <laughs> reading this is not, mm-hmm. reading this provides a buffer because it is real. And, Louise, that realism allows you to, like, kind of contextualize it. But I would argue that for somebody to whom the history of Christian colonialism is not just a thing that used to happen, hearing what is ostensibly the colonizer, the Christian missionary, literally, debating about the ethics of, well, is it even worth helping them? And what if they just die? I was thinking of it as <laughs> like, it going very badly for the colonizer this time around, but, but I that's, do see how, yeah. But that's not that's but that's not the context that we get for the majority of this book. Yeah. The context we get is that they are pushing that they're correct <laughs> and trying to influence this other culture and trying to have their way and trying to have converts and trying to and and specifically with this trauma we have that one thing that the one convert is advocating for that is just not great. Mm-hmm. And I think that pushes it to no care because if I think if if you are someone to whom that very, very real history is does not feel like the distant past, um, I don't think there's any care taken for, for that readership at all. I, I really... I really disagree. I think it's okay if we say not enough, but I really don't feel like it's no care. I really don't. Like, I I can meet you on not enough, but I, I really don't think it's no care. Because other... I'm okay with not enough and okay. also maybe even adding to our content warnings for the book um, that... There are pretty major characters in this book that advocate for uh, Christian conversion as a plot and a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, incest. Care? 
Um, How do we feel? <laughs> I actually, I actually do think either care or enough care because oh. everybody's everybody's consenting. Everybody is consensual and an adult. There is everyone that. is consensual. Everyone is mm-hmm. an adult. Um, you were talking about the possible negative consequences with it. I would argue that where they are, they're unlikely yeah. to have to deal with any of those. Like that is this true. Is the, that is a point is for care. Most, it's not mm-hmm. a point for the other categories. I would I, argue, but it is a point that's for care. Why I said it right. here? Yeah. Like the only people hurt by this is them, and they seem to make their peace with it. Uh, <laughs> Could I add like one dimension? So I yeah. hear y'all when you say like all the characters who engaged in incest consented, mm-hmm. but what is what a what do we do with the reader and not mm-hmm. even knowing that incest was in this book and they haven't consented to like reading it, um, right? That is a I, very good question, actually. So what I would say is the book telegraphs it for a really long time. But that's the not book- the same. No, 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 no. I do think that does count for care because the book spends a very long time going, hey, they're interested. They're interested. They're interested. Mm-hmm. It, you have so long to decide. Oh, I don't know where that. I don't want to know where that's going. Like the book, it's like it's not like there's nothing and then they're making out. Like it doesn't. It's not that. Like right. there's it. It it le- it lets you know that the, we get more warning about this than we do about the mm-hmm. death that happens in the book. Right. Like this is there. I really, really think that this had a lot of care. Um, I'm fine with saying enough, but I don't think it's not enough or no. I think I think this really was handled with care. Um, I I can't agree to yes, right, but I can I meet you on enough, or even your mileage may vary. Because it's you have so long, like not trying to like put on the reader, but like you're know, talking about the like. Whether the talk, that was my alarm to do this recording on time. Uh, whether my, whether um, books give you a heads up and let you emotionally brace for things that's going to happen, I don't know how much more emotionally braced you can be than having teased for two hundred pages that these characters who might do an incest later do like each other and are mutually interested. I don't know how more you can telegraph that. Yeah. So much ground is laid. I would I would argue though that the telegraphing is not separate from the incest as regards to reader yeah. experience. And I would say I would mm-hmm. say like like attraction and then like lust are two separate things, right? So or sorry, I would say like uh, attraction slash desire is separate than lust. To me, lust feels like there's an action tied to it. How mm-hmm. I'm defining it, so. Like, just because you can tease it, then to actually read it is like, oh, okay. So we like, we went there, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I really but I, but I think that, but, the, but I the, think that's part of the book, right? Like, at the mm-hmm. end, it's kind of what, well, shoot, this is a spoiler. Anyway, so it, it is <laughs> at the end, a thing happens, and <laughs> at the end, a thing happens where, um, we know why this trauma was done for the reason it was done or why Mm -hmm. why it happened the in-universe justification yeah the in-universe justification so it has a reason so it's not random Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean also i i definitely just added a layer that probably wasn't um in the original intent of the question but i do Uh, it's all in the intent it's all fine That's the yeah. point. Yeah. Add, add <laughs> I, layers. That's fine. We don't have pre-prescribed I, layers for this. 
I though I real I really do strongly feel I I really feel like you just I I feel like this and this is not a negative thing. I feel like this is one where the particular traumas we're discussing were things that whether or not they resonated with you, they didn't resonate in a negative sense, which doesn't mean like I think like maybe this book made sense to you, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it was treated with care. It's just that it made sense to you and it felt fine and so yeah it didn't impact you yeah and like and i i like some of the things in it that are not the plot (laughs) and (laughs) and like that's the thing where i i would argue that you having a positive experience does not mean we can rate this as treated just with care because like just because this thing didn't bother you doesn't mean that it's fine which is not a negative. I'm glad you really yeah. like this book. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. And I, I really do think that. I know it, you do, but but yeah. two other people have a very different experience with this book. <sighs> or with parts point. of this book. Because I, just... I know, Luis, you had you were okay with some stuff that I'm not okay with. But mm-hmm. in general. I'm, I think we should say not enough, but that doesn't mean okay. it's a bad book. Yeah. Just don't like it when all the traumas we're discussing end up with not enough and not enough, especially when I vehemently disagree. To be I'm fair, like- one of my favorite books that we started on the list, because we basically started this podcast by looking at my bookshelf, uh-huh. because I had everything. <laughs> um, one of those one of those books, we said that everything was pretty severe and traded with very little care. So yeah. this is not a knock on a book that you enjoyed. <laughs> this is just... Yeah. Yeah. But there you agreed. And here I'm like, I don't agree. Why I'm... are you talking, saying a thing I don't like about a book I liked? <laughs> well, and that is. That's okay. That, but that's okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Just okay. not used to that happening. I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, for the point of view for trauma and aftermath, um, we we get some disassociation from the point of view character, but the main person who is um, speaking about their disassociation is not the point of view character. Yeah, which is odd. So, I mean, it's but it's still our point of view character kind of contextualizing it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like literally contextualizing what the other person said as though they weren't the one saying it, which is fun. Um. I mean- there is the the quick version of this section, which is we only have one point of view character for the whole book. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah mm. we have one one voice for this book. It's like when we did the Hunger Games and we're like, all right, it's Katniss again. Katniss, Katniss, um. Katniss again. <laughs> Katniss forever. No voice but Katniss. No thoughts but Katniss. Just Katniss. <laughs> and then that one time that President Snow had an inner monologue about how evil he was, and back to Katniss. Like that was that was that book review. <laughs> Well, and sorry just really quickly i was gonna say that makes me think about y'all talking about the hunger games it's like that's mm-hmm. the fantasy stuff that i like this is like mature content <laughs> fantasy, mm. which is very different yeah than that's what very I that's a very like different vibe to. yeah all um, right if yeah you, if you like hunger but, games i might have some wrecks yeah uh, same way well, to get back into fantasy <laughs> if, if you like hunger games i can take some pictures of my bookshelf that uh, if you care, <laughs> like if you want that, um, but yeah, I think. Um, oh no, I've forgotten our main character's name. <laughs> uh oh, uh, Kathy Catherine. Oh, that's right. It's another K name, and I said Katniss about thirty times. It's a C. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's not fine. Um, yeah, no, that matters. Okay, 
Kathy with a C. Um, okay. Uh, aspiring writer tip. <laughs> what do we think? Do we have anything? I don't actually know for this one. I don't have a good idea. Um, I loved it. It was great. Sometimes. That's not a tip, Rob. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay. well, what about, what if the tip is something along the lines of, and I know this is something we all have to agree on, so it, mm-hmm. it's not individual, but what if something along the lines of, going back to like the incest, right? One of the previous comments that was made was like, uh, the book laid it out. Like, you, like we knew it was coming because it was kind of 200 pages of buildup. Uh-huh. And I guess for me, I'm like, my... Uh, let me not say my uh writer tip is like how do you lessen that and how do you just get to like how do you name it or how do you make it much more strong that Mm. that's where it's going right um so with some of these things but uh, again a tip yeah what yeah yeah Uh, i feel like some of the themes Mm -hmm. this book i mean just looking at the cover looking at the the title knowing that it's about you know, a, a foray into the Fae world. Yeah, those aren't and spoilers. Have the purple one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the cover art is awesome. The cover art is great. It's beautiful. But none of our three main themes that are pretty serious, our three main traumas, our three main plot relevant traumas, um, none of that is hinted, and none of it is even hinted in the genre. Like huh. if I if I pull out, you know, I kind of jokingly mentioned military sci-fi before, but if I have a book that is military sci-fi, I can kind of guess a little bit along the lines of what those themes are. I don't need somebody to separately tell me, hey, this probably includes somebody dying. This probably okay. includes war. Like I can guess that. But this book, yeah. this cover, this whole so, setup had nothing Okay, for so any of our major a, traumas. A thing I want to say, because I don't quite want to let that uh, stand without a uh, commentary you're commenting on all of the stuff the author literally often doesn't have control over Authors i mean that's great can- this does not have yeah, to be I an just- author tip this could be a publishing tip <laughs> no i know i just i yeah. just want to say like generally speaking unless you're self-published and hire the artist um authors generally can't control their titles like they'll have their working title they have what they want but that's a wild if- concept Yep, but if their publisher just makes in, I'm them never go publishing. with something else, <laughs> if publishing makes them go with something else, they have to go with something else. Like, please never write to an author and complain that you didn't like their title. Please. They if they maybe didn't like it either. Um, That's they kind of terrible. Have, Can we yeah, um, they usually, change that industry Yeah, they usually, they usually don't have any control over the cover art. Uh, like, whether or not they have any ability mm-hmm. to improve it will just depend on the individual publishing house. Uh, your quibble about the genre of fantasy not being able to telegraph this, that's because fantasy is so huge. It's Robin, so yeah. huge. I'm not I'm not saying it's not, but even with fantasy, no, no, uh, there are no, there are certain traumas that are more prevalent. None no, of I these know. three are in that list. And I, I, I know I'm, not, I'm, I'm speaking not necessarily just to you, but like we have an audience who might not already know these things. And that's so I'm true. making sure to say it. Yeah, that no, that's fantasy fair. is a very big genre and it's hard to expect fantasy to telegraph that in a, the same way that it's easier to have sci-fi telegraph it. And this is where I say um, the uh, trigger warnings wiki is your friend. Uh, also the story great. graph. <laughs> Also the story graph. Um, the story graph and the trigger warnings wiki, um, they'll help get you out of situations like this where you mm-hmm. are not sure if 
this 200 pages of slow burn is leading to incest or not, <laughs> go to book trigger warnings. I believe it's booktriggerwarnings.com. Give me one sec. Um, yeah. Can we make this just an industry tip then and say, hey, maybe let's make some of these major... And, and it doesn't mean you have to list everything that happens in a book, but if you have a pretty major trauma that can be pretty traumatic to people and it doesn't automatically come in context and your mm-hmm. art doesn't hint at it and it, your genre doesn't give you context to know to expect it, we need an industry well, like I have, thing that is, is not reliant on a third-party source, a.k.a. I have good, another I have good website. news for you. I have good news for you because I'm the one who spends all day on author Twitter. Um, okay. A lot of authors are beginning to push for and then have content warnings in Ooh. their books and content nice. warnings on their websites. All right, cool. Um, okay, so yeah. great. Then that's already happening. Yeah, um, that, but yeah, like, like it, that it happening needs to happen is good. More, but it is happening. And I don't want to leave the impression that like it's not happening or something. It's just mm-hmm. in the meantime, booktriggerwarnings.com. Uh, please contribute warnings for a book that you have read uh look it up if you need to for a book you haven't read yet um you can even search it to find books that have a trauma you're trying to find like you know if you needed to find books that had a particular thing you can even do that um but but yeah like i there's i would say Many, many authors are asking for the things that you're asking for. Uh, okay, good. Right so now. that's like these conversations <laughs> are active and happening by the people who are in publishing and are authors and have a, I don't know how easy it is for them to do it, but they definitely have a better shot than we who are literally n- technically not in the industry. Oh, absolutely. Technically. We're just not in it. Yeah. But, but yeah, like it's, it's changing. Like there's. Um, I have now read several books that had the content warnings in the actual book. Okay, um, good. So, yeah. Um, so anyway. All right. Uh, last thing. Favorite non-traumatic thing about the book. We had to like, calm, relax, say a thing we liked. <laughs> uh, we all say a thing we liked. Uh, well, I, I talked about mine. this before, but for me, um, sorry, I talked about it before, uh, we started recording. Oh, yeah. But um, the I don't know what you I don't know what to call them. The introductory text to the chapter, right? So mm-hmm. the different quotes from different works of uh, literary canon, mm-hmm. um, literary white canon to be specific. But um, mm-hmm. and so I commented before that it just brought me back to like high school English class. I'm like, whoa, 15, 20 years later, all this stuff is like, you know, there. I'm like there's Shakespeare there's like Percy Shelley and it was so weird because I I forget what the I think I think it might have been I don't know where it was from but I remember reading that piece and I was like I've read this before where is it from and then I got to the end and it's like Percy Shelley I was like whoa I like literally remember my sophomore year high school English class reading it this uh-huh. specific text so that was it was it made me feel smart it always makes me I was just commenting to my partner that I'm like uh, actually a lazy reader, um, which is why I love um, young adult and poetry, which I know people think is like a lot to read, but for me, it just comes naturally. So maybe it's not lazy or not lazy. My wife literally is a poet. There's, we're not, no dissing of poetry. No, that's, that's (laughs) nice. Yeah. 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 But anyway, reading. 
yes, those are the, those are my favorite things. Are kind of the the introductory vignettes to the chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are oh, cool. Did, I did like those. Um, I like the description of the sun. <laughs> I mean, secondarily, I, like I really liked the goblin market, but I'm like, ah, yes, the goblin market. One of my favorite fae things. It is here again in this book. Uh, the goblin market also queen mab hey queen mab nice to see you again in a different book um (laughs) i just i read a lot of books with Faye, and so i recognize a lot of these uh, particular names Mm -hmm. but the pendulum sun is new i haven't seen that elsewhere i don't know that it's nowhere but i definitely haven't seen it and i like it um liked thinking about what that would do um there's also a bit where they end up referring to that people will be safe anywhere the light of that sun touches. And I'm like, you've told us that sun goes a very circuitous path. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they're safe as many places as they think they are. But anyway, yeah. uh, I like I like the pendulum sun. I loved the sea whale concept. Mm. Oh, the sea whale. That was so a very yes. vivid image in my head. I can picture that what that would be. I have my own headcanon for different sea whales from different... Uh, see depth levels that would have different flora and fauna (laughs) and i have different whale types that hunt at different depths that i think would be very cool to be illustrated with containing the sea of that depth and that was cool and yeah that's definitely my favorite thing because that gave me a visceral image of like this is what this looks like the The adventure part i I don't actually want to spoil it don't don't tell you what it is because i want Anyone that reads say, this to get there and be like, oh, cool. No, no, no. I wasn't going to say what it is. I was just going to oh, say, okay. no, we don't get all the descriptions of oh, whales no. from different Oh, no. It's so broad. It's so broad, but it makes mm-hmm. sense. But it's such a it's, clear, concise. It's a really good piece It's a of clear, concise, nonspecific description that lets your imagination decide exactly what that whale is composed of. And that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I add one quick other favorite thing? Yeah, sure. I don't know if you all caught this, but did you all catch the Hamilton reference in one of the sentences? No. No. It was like literally it's a word for word from a line in Hamilton. I think it's something, and I wish I would have marked it, but it's like, I think it's like, I know my sister like my own mind or something like that. It was like word for word, a line from Hamilton. And I was like, what the Oh, no. No, I did. I do remember that. And I remember, I, I'm really good. At, I don't have no, a photographic it was, memory, it but was, I remember. It was Kathy talking it? to, oh my God, where's my. It's on the left side. I remember it being I, yeah, on the left side. It is. Um, <laughs> I always remember that with books. I always remember what side of the book things are on. And I've been kind of like trying to. Yeah, I have listened it, to literally. half of Hamilton once. So I am no help to you two in finding where in the no. book this is but reader <laughs> it's like, in the Nicole, book yeah. somewhere uh, it's in the book somewhere i found the it. conversation I... hold on oh wait think, what page is it i think it's um uh chapter 10 and i think it's very close to page 100 oh no no, no. i was thinking I'll, i'm out i might have oh, no to find it might it. be a different and... spot yeah uh, this it, it conversation kind of i know so anyway, uh, it's in there <laughs> right, somewhere to find that because it's, yeah, yeah, I did catch that and that was interesting. <laughs> this is one of those, yeah, silently flipping pages is great podcast That's content. okay. I edit, oh, I edit that yes. silence out. That does not make it to the final cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, 
Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Hugh, tell our audience where they can find you. Plug your pluggables. Yes. Um, again, my name is Luis from the Courting in Color podcast. So our website is www.courtingincolor.com. And then um, Instagram and Twitter, we are court, the letter N, and then color, C-O-L-O-R. And uh, again, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. We had a very lively discussion, which was <laughs> great. Um and audience, we will catch you in a fortnight. All music used in this podcast was created by Nicole as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. You can follow us on Twitter at Books That Burn, all one word. You can email us with questions, comments, or book recommendations at bookstatburn at yahoo.com. Support us on patreon.com slash bookstatburn. All patrons get access to our upcoming book list and receive a one-time shout out. You can leave us an iTunes review. This helps people to find the show. And find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for for listening. We'll be back in two weeks.